0: So we're particularly going to look at those words that are spoken at probably most communion services in most churches uh, throughout this land and throughout the world. Do this in remembrance of me. And uh, Paul says in this passage in 1 Corinthians that he's received these words from the Lord. But also if you read uh, the Gospel accounts, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And as we eat the bread, and as we taste the wine, we are meant to remember Christ. But what does it really mean to remember? Does it simply mean and suggest that we shouldn't let thoughts slip out of our mind? Does it mean that we reminisce on the sufferings of Jesus, so we feel really thankful or perhaps sometimes we feel really awful because of the way we've lived and we think again about what Jesus has done. And I think perhaps for many of us, to remember can be that sort of ambiguous mental activity. Are we meant to feel really good or really bad? Or, or, or what are we meant to be doing? But actually in the Bible and in the Hebrew way of thinking, a call to remember, particularly when it's tied to a covenant sign or a ceremony, is meant to be a vibrant powerful, it's something we're meant to be participating in where we sort of do recalibrate our lives according to what's been remembered. And uh, I read this week that it's not merely a subjective recalling to mind that we're doing here, but it's an active manifestation of the continuing and actual significance of the death of Christ. That it's not some simply that mental activity that we tend to think of. Uh, And apparently, well not apparently, but in our Western Greek intellectual heritage, remembering means recollecting. So we recollect what Jesus has done. We recall to mind something that is actually no longer a present reality. But in a Jewish context, and for Jewish people, remembering means participating here and now in certain defining events in the past and also in the future. So, for the Jewish people, they, they could say something they are participating now, in something that's really important. And if we look at two uh, brief examples in the Old Testament where remembering brings t- to um, our thoughts past realities, they bring it into present day living. So think about uh, the flood. Noah, with God tells Noah that the rainbow that comes after is a covenant sign that he will not cover the whole earth in judgment with water again. That's what he says back in Genesis. That when you see the sun of the rainbow you will remember the covenant and I promise I will not come again judgment on the earth in that way. You're meant to remember. So when we see the rainbow we normally go, oh isn't that lovely? Nice, nice, and what Sharon certainly does, she goes, oh look a rainbow. And she goes go, brush out. Um, but it's more than that isn't it, it's where we recall to our mind something that happened X number of thousand years ago and we recall that God has promised us that he will come in judgement in that way again and we remember it and we say we we should actually be thankful, I don't know I'm not sure how often I do actually think that but actually we are meant to remember God's promises to us. That so Something that happened those years ago, God's promise. We bring it into the presence and saying, God has promised, therefore that won't happen. The covenantal sign of the rainbow reassures us of God's promises that still apply today. So that's one place where we're meant to remember and call to mind. And we participate in today and go, wow, that's great. But of course the preeminent picture of redemption in the Old Testament, the exodus of Israel from Egypt, is memorialised in the Passover meal, which in a sense, course, this is well, not quite the present day example, but obviously Jesus instituted this in the Passover. And every year the Israelites would again participate in this meal to remember whom and whose they were. And they would, the, the elders there, or the older person in the family, would recount what God had done for them all those many years ago. Um, and it wasn't meant to be dry history to be learned for the younger people. It was meant to be dynamic history to be lived. Wow, this is our God who has rescued us. And the Jews participate in the meal because they are partakers in the reality of what happened all those years ago. And it says in Exodus 12, 14, This day shall be a, for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord, Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. So the Jews were meant to stop and reflect on where they had come from and on the mighty acts of God. And as they did this, they would be protected or should have been protected from the ever-present danger of wandering away from the Lord. Of course, uh, even though they probably did remember Passover, it became something like dry history. So they because they didn't reflect and remember in the way they were meant to, they wandered away from God. But if they had consciously looked back and considered their history, their love would be rekindled, their faith would be strengthened, and their understanding of God's ways would be increased. So as we celebrate this meal, that is what we're meant to be doing. We look back, we consider what God has done, the mighty acts of God, and our love should be rekindled, Our faith should be strengthened and our understanding of God's ways would be increased. And I use there a word reflective because the prophets in the Old Testament also called Israel to be a reflective people in order to avoid the spiritual apathy that did so often dog their progress. Haggai, for instance. He rallied the people of his day who had largely ignored the interests of God in favour of their own concerns. He says... Give careful thought to your ways. And Haggai like said, reflect on your lives. Examine honestly your ways, and you will see how far you've slipped away from God. And you've ignored His temple. And only by taking a close look at what's happened in their lives would they be able to recognize that the blessing of God was no longer with them. And so he called them to give careful thought to the ways and rebuild the temple. And when they had rebuilt the foundation of the temple, he again says in Haggai 2.18, give thoughtful, careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Experience was to be their teacher, but they would only learn lessons if they reflected on what had happened. We are meant to be doing that as we take the bread and the wine. It's not simply saying, "Okay, oh, yeah, that's what God did." It's, it's giving careful thought to our ways, to really reflecting on what God has done and is doing in the present time in our own lives. So it's not simply remembering the past; it's bringing it into the present. And some who you may not have heard of, and I hadn't heard, but I read it this week, uh, John Flavel, who was a Puritan, distinguished between two types of remembering. The first is speculative and transient and the second is affectionate and permanent. And he said this, a speculative remembrance is only, to call, is only to call to mind the history of such a person and his sufferings that Christ was once put to death in the flesh. But an affectionate remembrance, which is what this is meant to be, is when we so call Christ and his death to our minds as to feel the powerful impressions thereof upon our hearts. It's meant to touch us, Every time we take the bread and drink the wine. And so when the Lord's Supper is served, when we take it, we should, as believers, experience that affectionate remembrance because the good news is re- recalled and reapplied. We remember the grace purchased at Christ's death is the same grace we need today when we come to so that's from the Old Testament what it really meant and what we're meant to be doing. But a contemporary example, you see, as, as a husband, I do know the importance of remembering our wedding anniversary. And it wouldn't quite cut it if on that day I did nothing special for Sharon and only mentally acknowledged it. Oh, well, we got married 35, 34 years ago. We will be next month. I don't think Sharon would say, well, how thoughtful. I'm glad you didn't forget. You see, actually, you don't remember your wedding anniversary, or I don't remember, or I shouldn't remember our anniversary, by simply stating the fact that we got married X number of years ago. I think Sharon rightly expects, and we all expect, that the concept of remembering our wedding anniversary involves a layer of activity, such as me writing a note, buying her a present, doing something nice for her, and actually remembering what we promised those years ago. We remember the covenantal promise as I pursue, cherish and love her afresh like I vowed on our wedding day. That's what we do when we remember our wedding day. It's not simply saying we got married then, it's what did we promise each other and doing those nice things that, that, that we all expect. That is what we are in a sense doing here. We're bringing what happened all those the years ago. to purchase our salvation. Yes, of course that's part of it. But it's more than that, it's bringing it into the present reality in the present time. And every time we take communion, the gospel is proclaimed and we believe and embrace it again. In other words, we remember. And when Jesus commanded his disciples and us to remember him through the breaking of bread, he was encouraging us and them to make the discipline of reflection and the remembrance of everyday life. Not simply actually when we eat this weekly or how often we do it. But actually we, we are recalling it daily. And he was suggesting, Jesus was suggesting that we regularly pause in our routine in order to think over back over the events of his death so we'd never lose the significance of what he had done. And my hope is that for all of us, and I include myself in, That as we come to the Lord's table every time, with eagerness and expectancy, we don't think this is sort of some dry history, we don't think of it as a dull religious ceremony, but a spiritual experience that really affects every part of our lives, and every day of our lives. That there's something going on here that brings what happened in the past into our present reality. But I also want to say that remembering, this, and this is a strange thing, as he says we remember because at the end he said um, we read, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We remember that actually this isn't the end, that actually he is coming again. So we're not just thinking back, we're actually looking to the future and saying, one day this meal will come to an end and Jesus is coming again and this is, if you like, a temporary a permanent institution. It's a temporary thing until he comes again. And we remember with joy and expectancy that Jesus is coming again. We aren't simply looking back. We are looking, we're bringing it into uh, the present and then we're looking to the future and say, wow, one day this will come to me. Oh, how glorious that will be. So that's what it means to remember. It's not uh, just, oh, well, that happened really bringing into the present and remembering into the future. So as we come around this table, we're going to do that again. We are going to remember, but it's not going to be simply that, oh, good, wasn't that great? It's affecting our daily life.